0: Good morning, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. It's so good to have you with us again. I'm with my friend Kat Larson. Hi, Kat.
1: Good morning. Good morning.
0: How are how you? How are you? T? Oh, I'm good. I'm very actually, good. How could you not be good in Sundance, Utah? Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, the environment around you does make your life um, easier to enjoy, uh, depending on the circumstances. I think that's also true of what is going on inside people. Like if they are, you know, forward thinking or loving, giving, growing versus bitter, uh, resentful, stuck. I think it makes a difference, the the weather inside yourself and outside. So um, more so the inside. And of course, that's where you and I live with most of our life, trying to help people get a better sense of the weather inside themselves, right? Yep. So, I'm going to let our listeners know um, I will be conducting probably my last Train the Trainer October 12th (laughs) and 13th in Salt Lake City. And if you're interested in knowing more about that, you can contact Owen at TaylorHartman.com. So, it's O W E N at TaylorHartman.com. And we have a very interesting podcast today, I think, Kat. I think we're going to have fun with this one. Um, Lately, a lot of things have been going on. I've been realizing that. Where you put your energy is what really creates the weather in your head. And I was working out this morning, and I was listening to Les Miserables, and the song was One Day More. So it goes, uh, another day, another destiny, uh, this never-ending road to Calgary. Um, Struggle of one man, Jean Valjean, within himself, against the backdrop of the French Revolution. And those who have seen the play or read the book know it's a remarkable experience. And it talks about all these people in this song the day before the battle is going to happen. And so you hear about a young man in love, a couple that are parting ways, a young woman unseen by the man she loves most, Javert relentlessly pursuing his justice on Jean Valjean, and the innkeepers who are singing about their patrons they steal from. And Jean Valjean, my place is here with you, I'm part of you. Tomorrow we'll discover what our God in heaven has in store one by one, one more day, one day more. So I was thinking about that here's these people in this story that they carry their character all the way to the end. Like what their pursuits, wants, needs are they take all the way to the end of their life. And we have this kind of, uh, I guess, belief that it's all going to change. And it doesn't really change. Like either you change the path you're on and the focus of your energy or that it remains your life till the end. And so I was thinking about things that have happened this week that were pretty moving to me. And I want to talk about, That concept in terms of energy, like where you're putting your energy. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a Zoom funeral of a friend of mine, um, a woman I had worked with, uh, red, feisty. I loved her. I just enjoyed her so much. And I didn't know she had divorced. Her husband had left her five years ago. She's 70. And um, at her funeral, you heard people talking about things she had done, small things, honestly, like like very sweet kind of calling them out of the blue or practicing to sing a song and somebody's return in the language of the place they had been. Those kinds of moments that she had done these things, 50 years later, these people are mm. sharing what that meant to them, right? And so I was listening to this and thinking about my, my relation with her and how much I enjoy her and what she's about, um, how much I'll look forward to seeing her again someday. And I thought, well, I wonder how, all of us are doing at those kinds of things in our lives. Like how are we doing at putting energy so that when we're gone, people remember the good or the positive. And one of the things, the criteria that I want to suggest to our listeners. I want you all to think about this is if your intent is for others to win, you can do almost anything. Like you have a broad range of, of candor of care of conversation that you can go into if you want them to win. But if your intent is to show them up, uh, berate them, belittle them, focus on yourself at their expense, if that's your intent, it's not for them to win, it's for you to win at their expense or just for you to win because you are about yourself, you are not going to leave the kind of legacy that people are going to remember that about you in a positive way. So... What would prevent you from wanting someone to win? What would make you want someone to lose, right? And it's always because of you. Like whatever it is, you're biting onto something about them through your eyes that prevent you from wanting them to win. So I I want our listeners to really think about, like, am I I letting go of the things that I want to get even about with people, vengeance, or uh, am I freeing myself of damage that's been done to me? things that were not kindly done. I don't know if I've talked about this man, James Anderson. He's a 53-year-old plumber in Britain. He was shocked to learn that some of his elderly and disabled clients had been like cheated and scammed by others in his profession for like thousands of pounds. And he's the dad of six children. He puts in 70-hour weeks, seven days a week, to help people um, with their plumbing needs and whatever through his charity. And so he's done this for like years. And like in the pandemic, he spent like $65,000 of his own money to help these people. And then just last week, I'm listening to him speak, because I I follow him, about how somebody has chosen to post using him as a vehicle to gain money when it's a fraudulent operation. And I thought, how on earth does that happen? Here's a man who's devoted his life to helping the disabled and the poor and the elderly and at his own expense. And now somebody's taking advantage of that character that he's developed and they're trying to earn money at his expense. And he was pleading with people to not not go there because it's just stealing from what the goals he put out there. So it's kind of like that, you know, in this world no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And I think that's true in relationships. I mean, I see people who are so devoted to their marriage and the person decides to leave them or they give their life for their child and the child chooses not to believe they're worthy of being cared for when they're older. So, I mean, it happens to very good people like this man, James Anderson. It happened to Jean Valjean. It happens to people all the time where they have good intent and others don't. They want others to win, and others don't want them to win, and it's painful. It's not easy, right? But that's the path I want us to really think about. Are we spending our one day more on things that lift and enhance, or are we spending our one day more on ourselves and things that are uh, punitive and or um, blocking? Like they're not, they don't free the experience for the human spirit. That's the question for right. today.
1: Have you ever in your life experienced that you found yourself not wanting somebody to win you personally?
0: Well, it's interesting. You ask this. I very recently spoke to a group of people. It was a very like um, quality kind of people that I've cared Mm -hmm. very much for. Like genuinely, I want them to win badly. Mm -hmm. And in the process of presenting, Some of the things I said, like I spoke about an older gentleman who had changed his career at his age to come out and literally transform his whole life to live in a different place and new job and how impressed I was about that commitment. And it came back through the gossip line that people felt I was being um, unfair to ageism. I was promoting like it's not, I I don't really even understand it, to be honest with you, Um, that it was kind of a reverse ageism. I was putting it down when in fact it was the opposite of what I was saying. And that tainted uh, the experience. What I didn't like was I felt like whatever I had done or said had prevented them from hearing the powerful message of character. But in turn, what they had done was taint my trust in them. And I'm talking about a handful, like not masses, but a handful. And that impact on me. And I had to really get over myself because the truth is my wife and I were creating this wonderful gift to leave for all of them at the end of the year. And then I had this thought of, well, are you kidding? (laughs) Like what I thought we were, we weren't. And then I realized you can't let five people destroy the event for everybody else. You can't let that dynamic happen. But I also realized in the process that when you're gossiping about somebody, you don't want them to win. You want to win attention or a leg up or something in the process you're doing that. So when you gossip, it tells you a lot more about the person gossiping than the person being gossiped about. And gossipers don't seem to to get that. They're like unaware of that. So for me, it's kind of a, it's an ongoing battle all the time in my life that when I have belief in somebody and I want the best for them, but somebody may not want the best for me, I don't want to stoop. I don't want to go down, but it's a battle. I don't just, oh, it's no big deal. Move on. I have to really process that. Don't let them determine your destiny so yeah
1: god it's so good to hear because you know i think you know as the expert in your field and for people that are searching to go i mean the only way i think sometimes you don't spend too much energy beating yourself up for doing it you know right um, right but you go but you go quickly into okay so if i do this then then that's that choice of who do i want to be right um so i really hear you clearly i think that's I think that's powerful to go, you know, the guy that wrote the book someday struggles with this. Right. I think that's a powerful message well, and, and, because then it allows us to go, oh, I'm not just a piece of crap.
0: Right, <laughs> right, right. Something, something dysfunctional <laughs> inside me I can't fix. No, I, honestly, it's your, I love you're saying this. It's an ongoing process. Like it is ongoing. And the more you put yourself out there, the more it is going to be ongoing. And that momentary painful moment I experienced just last week, is like not even on the realm of like what James Anderson is experiencing in England. But it's the same dynamic where I want our listeners to think, if I am truly not wanting someone to win, it's on you. That will come back to haunt you. Whereas this woman who died, right? What they remembered was she wanted them to win. And yet when somebody turns on you, like in your marriage or with a child or in a relationship at work where you're treated poorly or whatever, you've got to think, do I want to sink to the level that that person is at? Do I want to become that person? And the worst part in my mind, Kat, is people get justifying. Well, yeah, but they need, have, they need a spoonful of their own medicine. Like they need to hear what they've done or they need to hurt or maybe my job is to punish them or, you know, that kind of thing. I was thinking about a, a client was telling me recently about a man who truly was cheated by a major government agency. Like they made him do certain things to keep the contract. Then they fired him. They fired, they hired mm-hmm. someone else. And he spent like 10 years in the right fighting this in courts and lost 10 years of his life. Gone. Mm. And the guy who was talking to me was saying it felt so bad because he was right in that he was wronged but then he carried 10 more years of being wronged to be right. So I just think it's really good for our listeners to think about like, things are going to happen to you. And you have to say at that moment, can I adapt? Can I adjust to this? Or am I stuck? Is this the hill I'm going to die on? And that's what I really was. This such an important thing for me to get out there for our listeners to think about how they're wanting others to win right in life. And so a little bit of today, I want to talk about, you and I got a great little letter from one of our listeners that was, I really liked it very much and you handled it, which I appreciate. But can I kind of just read a little clip of it so our listeners all get a part of this? It says, I think one thing I struggle with remembering and articulating in my mind, at least easily and quickly, is the concepts of get yourself, but also get over yourself. As a listener, I find mm-hmm. it difficult. Admittedly, I think to myself, Taylor's telling us in one podcast to stay in our lane, focus on ourselves. It's not about you or it's not about them. Then he'll say, pay attention to others. How much better the world would be if we didn't think so much about ourselves. So which is it? (laughs) I know it's all all of the above contextually. However, is there a simple way in one or two sentences that I could put this into a mantra to work from? And first of all, I loved her intent. I love the idea that I want to use this and make my life better. That's what I'm looking for. But I'm confused. And so, uh, again, there's the I want someone to win. She wants the right to win. She wants us to win as we're presenting. And she wants to win in her own life. So to that answer, I want to suggest this. You need to get yourself so that you can get over yourself so that you can get others. But in all you're getting, remember, it's all based on getting truth. That's how I would put the mantra. So I always want people to feel good about like getting who you are, owning who you are, positives, negatives, things you want to work on, things you're proud of. Put that in perspective. That's number one. And I mean on a daily basis. Do those things that are nurturing for you, whether it's working out or writing poetry or calling your friends or whatever it is you're doing that helps you get yourself and enjoy yourself. That's what you do daily. But in the process of getting yourself and committing to yourself, you have to work on getting over yourself so you don't get in the way of your life and the message you're trying to send. Once you get over yourself, like not getting petty, like me not going petty with that group who I felt got petty with me, that means I was able to get others. If I'd stopped on, I can't get over it. I just can't. I can't accept it. Then I could never get others because I'm still stuck on me. It's all about me. So at the core of all that thinking is the truth. Like, what is the truth of things? Is there truly like a constant truth? And yes, there is, which I think is so sad in my field of mental health. There are so few people that know that. I mean, therapists, people say all the time things, well, that's relative. No, it's not relative. No, you can't just pick out what you want to justify or blame and make it okay for you to choose a path that is destructive. You can't do that. It will come back to haunt you. And there's a couple of people I've been working with lately that I I have to tell you, this one, one of my favorite experiences last week was a yellow, um, a trainer of mine. And this guy, oh my gosh, he's such a great guy. And he was very athletic and charismatic and likable. And I mean, not a con man, but he certainly was working for himself at the expense of others. And he would say that. Mm-hmm. And he decided to kind of show up at a training. And I'm telling you, Kat, this man's involvement has been mind-blowing and wonderful. He's so different than he was (sighs) two years ago. He's not even the same person. And he goes, I I often sit and think about how my life was headed, like the one day more thing, how I was going to live my life out uh, on that pretext that I was fine. It was okay. I was just getting by in life. And he had a very difficult childhood. I mean, I, it's really, I mean, I'm not going to go into the details, but he really, I mean, he was, he was in orphanages. He was with the grandparents. I mean, he was not really loved well, as what I would put. So he recently came to the mainland to meet up with people and kind of reestablish relationships for a month. And mm-hmm. in doing so, he, he called his dad to get together with him. And they are in the same state, close, like they can get together very quickly. Five times he called him no response. The last week he was going to be there, he said one more time, dad, it's the last week I'm going to be here. I would love to see you if you could make that happen. And he was so patient. He didn't just beat his dad up or get what's wrong with you Why don't you call me back. He just kind of let it flow. And his dad eventually responded to him. And then he went there to meet him, drove to meet his dad and made it very easy to get together. And then when he was there, this guy used to always be late, always because he was about himself, very self-centered. And he said, I don't do that anymore. I say, I'm going to be there at 10. I'm in there at 10. So I was there at 10 or whenever they were meeting. And his dad was like late. Like he sat there thinking, oh my gosh, that's why I was always late. I was raised to believe it's okay to be whatever you want to be there. You just get there. I I just saw things I'd never seen before. So then he's sitting with his dad who is a blue. And he said to me these words, Kat, I decided to treat my dad as a blue. I realized that in all of our life together, in some of my own anger, I was yellow with red and I would interrupt him. He would start, you know, talking and wanting to be understood. And I'm like, I don't need to understand you. Like you abandoned me. You did this, you did that, whatever. He always justified Mm -hmm. why he acted yellow red. He said, this time I said, just be blue, like treat him blue, like listen to him. Uh, Maybe you can ask clarifying questions, but you don't interrupt him. And you don't mm-hmm. push it down his throat. Cat, he said to me, I learned things, Taylor, I had never known. I had never known why he put me in a foster home. I had never knew, And I, and I found out he was so angry at my mom for what she had not done that he took it out on me. And, and he says, I never understood this in my life. I was so impressed wow. with the way he made it not about himself so he got over himself so that he could get his dad. Is that not a beautiful, like, message?
1: And you said he decided, like, two years ago that, was there a pivot? I I don't know if I, what happened to him? You said, like, all of a sudden he decided to show up because.
0: He came to the training and got called out on his behavior. Oh. And he thought about that as, I mean, the part I love about him is he could dance better than anyone you can imagine. He could have gotten around that very easily. I don't need this. This guy's nuts. What's he talking about? Instead, he embraced me. He listened to me. And he said, oh, you know, that's there's truth in what he's saying. I do make it about myself. I am self-centered. I mean, he was willing to own those things about himself because that's the truth He's right? And then he started doing his work. And I, I mean, the way this man has touched lives, the lives he's taken under his wing now, and moving them down paths and blessing their lives is phenomenal. And people that I will never ever know or touch, he is the one that took the message to them with his life the way it is. Isn't that incredible? So, and I think about that with parents, right? There are people that you know, Kat, and I know that have truly altered their lives and their focus in their life. And their children have been benefit or their spouse beyond words, right? No one could even imagine what they brought to the table because they've chosen not to make it about them. So I just wanted our our audience to think about that today.
1: That's so good. You said something a couple of podcasts ago. And, and I mean, we've talked about it before, but that that humility, you know, like as you're weaving this truth and humility in, mm. it's just so funny where it hits you as you're talking about parents. It's like just watching my kids navigate things. And when I get when I don't get over myself and I think I know, and my kids are both 21 and older, right. it's like you think you know best. <laughs> And it is so, it is so sticky, crazy, deep hole of, well, I'm, I know I'm, I'm their mother. It's my job. (laughs) I need to point these things out instead of, instead of sitting back and going, yeah, tell me more. And and yeah, you'll figure it out.
0: (laughs) That's so You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to fix it instead of allowing them their agency to play life out. I love it. It's so true. And you're doing it because you mean well, like you want the best for them clearly.
1: Well, you, you think you mean well, but really the best for them when you go, but all I want is the best for you. If you start digging down that hole, just like you were saying about this guy, right. 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 Is he could have, and there's some really legitimate reasons to not get clean, right? Oh. There's some really legitimate reasons. So let's to, talk
0: about that. To for a minute. Say, what are those? Yeah. Reasons? Why, like, why does somebody stay stuck in their truth? Like believing that, which by the way, that concept drives me nuts, their truth. How convenient is that? But the reality is that when somebody thinks that they have a right to be dirty, what are those reasons? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Oh,
1: how badly I've been hurt. Right. I
0: I would never do what you did to me. Therefore I am much better than you are. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever I've done is not nearly as bad as what you've done. (laughs) Right. And how about how much work it takes to do the work? Like I was just talking to this person the other day. She's so adorable. She's This mother is wonderful, caring, and she's got a white child who doesn't really want to put in the work. And it's been hard for her recently with things that they've done or the moves they've made or whatever. And so I see how putting in the work, like that's what she said, that's why Taylor calls it work, because it's really work. You have to do your work to get better. And I was telling her about my son, my white son, because she's white, the daughter, mm-hmm. um, how he had said, I'm afraid of people. I need to kind of uh, get better. I'm going to answer the door and then meet people. And I've talked about that before. So I said to him last night, I was talking with a client, and I was so proud of what you did that time when you said, I want to answer the door. And, and he said, Dad, I want you to know something. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. I had no idea... It was that hard for him, Kat. I didn't know that, right? I just thought it was great he wanted to do it. He said to me, do you know I had to plan sentences to say so that I would be able to engage somebody at the door? And I planned like five sentences. Hi, how are you? How's your day? Those kind of things. I repeated them and memorized them. So when I met people at the door, it wouldn't be very long, but I could sustain a conversation. Oh, my God. My heart, you know, being yellow, I'm like, what? Because you would never <laughs> think that way, right? We're like, we, you, we just can't shut up. Our problem is not thinking of things to say. And so I was even more moved when I heard behind, beneath the surface the work he had done and planned for to do something I found totally simple. And, <sighs> God. and that's why it's so hard to stay clean because you don't realize how hard this work is. Like it's so – I mean, how about the yellow – that's self-centered. Like we are about ourselves. That's all there is to it. You come come that way and the world feeds it. They feed it because they think you're adorable and fun and outgoing. And and yet there are yellows like this man and like you, Kat, who have literally said, I choose a higher road. I choose to give up my self-centered nature for something better. And it's not easy. My white son rehearsing things he would say, memorizing them so he could carry on a conversation. It's unbelievable to me. So to our listeners, I hope that today you at least had a chance to think about one day more, where will my energy go? Okay,
1: Wow. Yeah, 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 and then you just end it. Okay,
0: done. All <laughs> my <On with> life, <laughs> our exactly our right. our three listeners have places to go and people to meet, so we got to cut off. <laughs> but we'll be back next week with another little um, vignette. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Cat. Always. Thank you guys have a great week. Love you. Bye. Bye now. Hey,
1: color code family. It's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the people code any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.